Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Here we go again. Rafi, we're back. The Premier League is almost there. New season. You excited? I'm very excited. It feels like we've had the hard work of last season to get through, and this yeah. is our reward with <laughs> fans coming back yeah. and lots of exciting new players, and uh, maybe a title race that will go down to the wire this time. It's really, really going to be, be good. good. They know how to wear the crown in Manchester. Last season, City brushed everyone away, and United were the next in line. But be it blue or red, there are shared values in this part of Northwest England. The Manchester Worker Bee is a symbol of pride and unity. City fans certainly found reason in their football club to be proud. A third Premier League title in four years, largely aided by 15 consecutive league wins. City, the curators of a footballing exhibition. It's a special club with a special fan base. You know, they've backed the club through thick and thin. It's fantastic for me to see the Manchester City supporters getting the success that they've had over the past sort of nine or ten years because it hasn't always been like that. The attacking threat that they've got and and the choices that it must be a nightmare for Pep to try and pick a team um, and keep the players happy that aren't playing as well. Seasons recently when City have struggled, there's been a lot of changes now, whether it be right back, left back, centre halves, but more often than not, last season. Um, when they were successful, it was because they'd a settled back four, and, and, and any team that's going to win any league needs that. Sir Alex was the, the master of, of regenerating his teams. He's seen that over the course of 20 years, um, and I think Pep Guardiola has, has got that as well. I think he's shown that, you know, three Premier Leagues over the last four years with Vincent Kompany going, with David Silva going. Um, you know, Fernandinho's still there, he's going to have to be replaced, but the one thing about the recruitment in Manchester City, that they're always planning three and four years ahead. You know, there's, there's no um, knee-jerk reaction to to one player leaving or um, retiring or, or leaving the club. Um, they know the, the recruitment people there and Chica Bergeris down at the very top, you know, they're, they're earmarking players now for probably that they want to sign in four or five years. So they're very clever in that respect. And Pep's shown, you know, at Barcelona, at Bayern Munich, when he's lost big players, that he's there, that he can regenerate it. City's pool of talent has already been expanded. Jack Grealish has joined the reigning Premier League champions for a British record £100 million. Pounds. To come and play for a club like Man City is, um, is obviously massive you know, for, for me personally. Um, it was obviously a difficult, a difficult few months because you know I think I've obviously been a Aston Villa fan my whole life, um, but um, you know when I spoke to, to the manager here. Um, and you see, you know, what type of players that they've got here. Um, in the end, you know, it was something that, uh, that I couldn't say no to. Um, and, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Pep Guardiola has firm belief that Grealish can be the difference in helping City finally conquer the continent after they fell agonisingly short in May. You know, I was... Fortunate enough to be to be out in Porto, or unfortunate over the over the 90 minutes. The most impressive thing about the defeat, how much it hurt them, but how quickly they were looking forward to next season to put it right. As players, any successful player or club or team, you need that drive within you to not just to prove people wrong, but use that disappointment as an advantage to go and kick on again. They, they did show a couple of seasons ago when they won the back-to-back -back, um, Premier Leagues that they've got the desire to go and do that. Um, I think it, the gap's going to get closer this year. Regardless who you're playing in the Premier League, if you're the champions, it gives the team you're playing against that little bit extra to go and do it. But the experience they've got of having been there before and done that before um, is, is what I think is going to see them through. How long since Manchester was painted red? It's four years since United's last major trophy, but a Premier League title has been absent for eight. Fresh faces might help, one of the Bundesliga's hottest properties, Jadon Sancho, and Real Madrid's Rafael Varane are new in town. 
in Manchester you've got to work hard but you want that little bit of excitement as well that that entertainment your Eric Cantona your David Beckham players that go out there and give you that little bit of brilliance that that brings the brings the game to life with Jadon Sancho I'm sure every Manchester United fan cannot wait to see him on a pitch lighting up that that right side of midfield and probably didn't see him as much as you'd wanted to see him across the Euros but for United fans maybe that means he's going to be a little bit fresher coming into the into the season to have the fans by my side is, is, is always a great feeling, um, especially when you come into a new club. Um, you need to feel comfortable straight away, and um, I'm sure the fans will give me that feeling. I see the development that's going on here, and uh, I want to be a part of it, and especially because it's such an iconic club, and you know, to be a part of it is just kind of a dream come true. To finish second in the league, I think when you look at it and you say Manchester City have still finished above Manchester United, that's quite hard to take for for Manchester United supporters because you, you definitely don't want to be behind them in, in any situation. And then obviously to, to lose that final in the manner that it did, it, it's hard to take. But to get to a final after all of those semi-final defeats, to get to that final is that step further. And to finish second in the league as well is, is, a, is a great achievement and it's growth and progression. And that's what you want from your team. You want to see progress, you want to see growth and that's what the team's doing. The next step is that's the hardest. To go from that second to top, to go from losing finals to winning finals, that's the hardest, smallest bit, and that's the bit that needs to be achieved this season. He's made progress with the club. He's a, he's a club legend, he's a club icon, and he's, he's worked so hard to get where, where he is now. Like He hasn't been handed anything on a plate. He's had to work hard to get there and to prove himself because he's had his critics along the way and you look at the players he's brought in and, and specifically in, in this window they're the players that he wants that fit in with the style of play that he's got you know that you've got a team and a squad that can get results against any opposition on any given day but can they do it over a, a longer period of time and I think that's been the the biggest problem so far for United they, they're used to winning trophies yes not so much over the over the last few years but the fans demand that success and that's what success looks like. It looks like silverware and that's what needs to be done. For those that get to taste the sweet nectar of a Premier League title, footballing immortality awaits. Could it be a United resurgence or a City resumption? On paper, you know that Pep Guardiola's teams are built to win leagues because yeah. they have a way of playing that nine out of ten times they will win the game. They will overwhelm the opposition. They will pass them to death. They will kill them with, uh, you know, with their ability to keep the ball off them and to defend with the ball. It's so hard to play yeah. against that it's hard to see past them really again as champions. Often you sign a big manager, a big personality, a big profile, and that manager then takes the club and pulls the whole club with him. Yeah. I think with Socio it's more of a case of the club and the team and him growing almost at the same time in tandem or in parallel and the hope is that they will both sort of raise each other's yeah, game. Slow progress so far. It's been fairly slow and I think this one is a, is a key, key yeah. year because this team is good enough to win trophies. I'm not quite sure that they're good enough to win the league but they should deliver something with yeah. all this quality around them. We've got Everton. We're, what an incredible last two months really for them. First, Carlo Ancelotti leaving, I mean, to go to Real Madrid, you can understand. But then the choice of Rafael Benitez. You know you're going to get results with him, you know you're going to get tactical, yeah, finesse, sophistication. They're going to be really difficult to play against. They will be absolutely solid, no danger, if you will, of getting sucked into the wrong areas of, of, the, of the table. But does he instill that sense of momentum, that sense of optimism, that sense of ambition. freshness? And ambition. From Merseyside Red in the noughties to Merseyside Blue in the twenties. Everton's new managerial appointment has got the city talking. Rafael Benitez, who led Liverpool to European triumph, is now the main man at Goodison Park. Liverpool is my city. We have uh, very good connections in the red side and the blue side and now obviously uh, a lot of people in the blue side they will be pleased if I am successful so I don't see a big issue I think that the fans uh, appreciate that uh, we will be here working really hard for, for the team for the club and then if we can do well 
Nobody will be talking about that, uh, what happened in the past. So I'm thinking about the future. I know that they want me to be successful, and I'm sure that we can do it. It does strike me as a slightly conservative appointment. Um, at the same time, you know, the strategy might just be to say, let's consolidate. Let's not aim for a top four that's probably going to be impossible in consideration of the teams ahead of us who are just too good. Let's make sure we stay competitive in that space below the top four. I mean, their home form last season was, was dreadful. or was certainly not good enough. Okay, maybe he can, he can sort that out. Home discomforts, as Everton experienced last season, must be all too familiar to many families in this city divided between red and blue. Football rivalry occurs at very close quarters. I'm Craig, this is Joseph, and we are brothers. I'm an Evertonian, and he's Liverpoolian. I think um, confrontations ingrained in us in Liverpool, so I think to either get one over on your brother or to get a to upset your dad, I think, is, is part and parcel of being a, a scouser, and it's probably what um, swayed me towards going in a different direction. It's a friendly rivalry. Don't get me wrong. We, we, there is rivalry there, obviously. We, we like to wind each other up when, when it calls for it. But, yeah, we're brothers first. We've got to be, I suppose, otherwise we'll upset set me mum. I think if you look at a CV, I think it is a good appointment. Um, you know, like I say, if you, if you were to take the, the Liverpool side of it and... He just basically looked at the, the trophies that he's won and the positions he's finished in the tables. I think, you know, take the, the name away from it and, you know, it, it surely is a good appointment. Um, he sets his teams up quite well, they're quite resilient, hard to beat. Let's hope he can transfer that now that he's um, managing the side across the park. It'll be strange to see Rafa in the Everton dugout as manager uh, after he was manager of Liverpool for six years. It won't be as strange knowing that he's been at Chelsea and in the Premier League with Newcastle also in that time. Chelsea were like one of Liverpool's biggest rivals at the time when he was in charge. So there's no bitterness towards him, but come Derby Day there'll be no love. I think the signings are pretty decent. Anzos Townsend's a Premier League footballer with probably over 200 games under his belt. Damari Gray's you know, he's, he's at an age where he's probably about to hit his prime. He's 25 now, so he's approaching that. Um, and the goalkeeper, he's probably what Pickford needs. We finished 10th in the Premier League. It was a, it was a, it was a poor end to the season, really, after what was a very optimistic start. Um, yeah, he, he's got to. We've got to finish above 10th, and, you know, European football has got to be the aim. Across Stanley Park, Liverpool, too, are aiming for a change in fortune. Their title defence last season was frustrating, at times humiliating and often painful. Injuries combined with poor results left Jurgen Klopp's men battling for a top four place. They rallied, ending the campaign on a 10-game unbeaten run, showing resilience and commitment. I loved it last year, obviously, and um, but then the challenges during the season were, were immense. So it was just things I never, problems I never had before. So that you have, that you have a position um, on the field where all options are injured, that doesn't happen a lot. I, I never experienced it actually before. But then everybody still expects us to, to do well, be expected as well. And in this situation where we had pretty much to reboot or rebuild during the season, it took a while until we could do that. Uh, we needed pretty much until the last 10 match days to, to get somehow through. But it was then a great feeling um, when we, that we still could do it because um, I think for most of the teams um, um, it's a big, big, big success to qualify for the Champions League and it's for us. We needed something towards the end of the season. We needed, obviously needed those three wins at the end. Alisson's header in the 94th minute against West Brom was just everything. It's Alisson! Oh, unbelievable! I think the key would be having your players stay fit, obviously your best 11. The more they can play, the better your chances of challenging for the Premier League title. And Fabinho is one of the best defensive mids in Europe for me. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Henderson, I think Liverpool's 11. I think Henderson's vital to that 11. His energy that he brings, his leadership. So, yeah, the last thing that you want is a centre midfielder playing centre-half 
and I think that's where the sign that Canate comes in. Good morning. And as well as having Van Dijk and Gomez to come back and Matip also. I know I am very young, but uh, this is not important. You know, I have to improve on the pitch and uh, to work hard. And if I am good, uh, the rest is not important. Virtual is virtual. So it's not only um, tall, it's really a, a proper personality. Yes, and having him around is absolutely brilliant for everybody. We can see in the moment that the joy he has to, to just to be part of, of normal training sessions, all these kind of things. They missed it so much. It was, I think, eight and a half tough months for him. Um, a little bit, little bit less for Joey, um, a little bit less for Joel, but for all of them, seeing them back is, is good and having them back is good for the dressing room as well, of course. This is a key year for Liverpool as well, isn't it? And Jurgen Klopp in a way, because they finished well the season to finish top four and I guess after what happened and all the injuries and everything, yeah, third top four even. was third, yeah, which is quite, top four, quite amazing. Top four was the objective anyway, once yeah. you, you knew you could not win the title. However, you can't have a similar season this time round because then it would really feel like it's properly the end of a cycle. However, if you if you bounce back well and go back to two years ago when they won that a lot, you know, similar in terms of the football, in terms of your star players shining and carrying the team and club having almost his mojo back to be fair, then okay, then you're good. Maybe this team can find the same kind of run that yeah. they had and of course, a lot of it was based on the defensive solidity that clearly wasn't there last year. <laughs> Not at all. But, you know, on paper, the back four, if they're all there, yeah. with Van Dijk coming back and Konate coming in, it looks very, very strong. And that gives you a strong platform then to play your game. And you know, almost know that one of the guys up front will, will do something, yeah. one of the four guys. So I think it's a pretty winning formula that they have the question is is it good enough against Manchester City there's a club that doesn't have a new manager and has had the same for a long time it's Burnley uh, and not the same expectations than the club that we that we've talked about already but a sense of well it would be the same Burnley again right we know exactly what we're getting, you know, it's what you said, it's, it, they do what is written on the tin, is that? The, the, yeah, yeah, it's just what it's and, on the and, tin. And I guess, I guess that's, that's, the, that's, that's what we have to expect, right? Burnley epitomise everything, that is Sean Dyche, gritty, determined, organised, resolute. Burnley win extraordinarily! I struggle to suggest why things would be different. <laughs> I think that Sean Dyche has found this formula. Yeah. It works tremendously well. Um, you know, staying up is is always the aim, and they've mm. done it since going up. Why why change now? Why try to reinvent the wheel or, or scrap the rule book? <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I don't think Burnley fans really care. And with fans coming back, I think they can really play on it. So, yeah, more of the same, which I think is going to be awkward for a lot of teams. They don't like playing them. And for Burnley, I think you can hope again that it's going to be a relatively comfortable season. And I think it'll be the same with Leeds because they will not change their style under Marcelo Bielsa. And stylish is a buzzword around West Yorkshire's top team. The Bielsa revolution has the potential to be dangerous for the remaining field of 19. Most sense, there's more to come from Leeds United. 10th and first half of the table, is, I mean, was I think was fantastic for a first season back after 16 years um, missing from the Premier League. Utterly compelling. Well, if you loved football, you had to love that. I mean, the start was one of the the most interesting, the most exciting things to see last season, yeah. and that was mostly without the fans. You can only imagine what it would be like God, um, yeah. with a full ground there. Yeah, I think Leeds. It's going to be superb. I don't see. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be as good. I agree. And as you said, maybe they can just aim a little bit higher as well. Patrick Bamford has done it. It's a magnificent hat trick. Bamford started well, but then when his goals 
Thalys time drying up, then you could see that despite creating a lot, they could not score. And maybe had Bamford or someone had been consistent in terms of goals, they could have finished even higher than what they did because they were actually not too far from a top eight finish. Let's hope for Marcelo Bielsa and all the Leeds fans and the player that the season goes, goes well. Newcastle finished three places behind Leeds last season, but now the task is to ensure they don't stand still. The passionate Toonami crave much more from their club. If you're a supporter of Newcastle, because they have all the history, they have the tradition of playing a certain way and you want your team to, to be a bit more adventurous and yeah, not just fighting for um, against the drop. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that this, this Newcastle team, they're, they're actually happiest when they can play a bit. Yeah, you know, they, they and don't... they did it at time that, you know, the, the winner at Everton, for example, was fantastic. Shelby flies across the face of goal! It's Callum Wilson who scored against Everton again. Dakuri low and hard, hoping for a mistake, but mistakes haven't happened in the Newcastle defence today. That's a good ball. Lewis gives chase. Wilson is alongside him, fires it at Wilson. Can Wilson get his 100th career goal now? Yes, he can! The point to Newcastle United's! For me as well, I want to see Alan Samaximan getting taking his own game first, and then I think the team would follow to the next level. I think he feels a bit more structured in the way he plays the game, in a sense of like, maybe think a bit more instead of just being creative and doing things on the moment. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to see how he does. Coming up, we assess the Premier League's newly promoted sides, Norwich, Watford and Brentford. Whatever laurels have been won, teams have to push on. So European champions Chelsea, says one former blue, won't slow their pace in 2021-22. Success is important for players. You know, they want to leave a legacy. They want to be successful. They want to be in the club museum, on, on the walls, and they, in the history. You know, this club is built on success. They want to put their name to it. So I think it's important for most players to have won something and now to build on something, to really be you know, the, the new era of Chelsea and be really successful like the, the club legends before. I believe Chelsea are Premier League contenders. The gap between Chelsea and the champions, uh, Manchester City, I don't think is, is that big. I think the, the biggest thing will be consistency. Um, and for me, the biggest thing in a, or the difference between them is Man City pack a punch. They finish, they score. And Chelsea never done that. Uh, last year, they, they le left a lot of points on the table, dropped points, lost games because they never put games to bed by scoring goals. And if they can put that right, I think the gap will be very much closed. No major signings just yet, but one important piece of business has been done. Manager Thomas Tuchel has agreed a new long-term contract, which runs to 2024. Plenty of time to add more silverware. I think once he won the Champions League, it was a no-brainer. Sign him up and let's build on what he's done. I think that he's only had six months, so maybe he hasn't even implemented everything he's wanted to. Now he's, he's, he's in full reign. He might be able to build even more. But on the, the success of the Champions League, listen, you can't get bigger than that. Now it's to build, so to, to really have a, a charge on the Premier League. I think that's the way that they build on that Champions League success. Let's now be Premier League contenders. For me... The most important players uh, for Chelsea this season will be the senior players. Captain Aspilicueta, um, Rudiger, um, Jorginho, uh, Thiago Silva. It'd be up to them to, to really drive things on, make sure the squad doesn't rest on the success of last year. Be uh, Tuchel's voice in, on the pitch and in the dressing room. Set the standards and lead by example. Jorginho. No hop, no skip, no jump, but a goal for Chelsea. I believe London will be blue again this year. Um, the Arsenal, uh, you know, they've been in transition for so long and I think they're still in transition. Uh, Tottenham, again, finding themselves. The squad's been changed for so long, it's a bit depleted. Um, West Ham were above both of them last year, so they've come in the mix. But I do believe that Chelsea... Uh, are the strongest London uh, team. I believe that uh, Chelsea will be the top London team again this year. I think um, success this year would be 
the Premier League title. It's about the Premier League being the best in the, the English Premier League and going deep in the Champions League. I think that would be a successful season. And Stamford Bridge will be rocking, you know, um, full house, everyone here, the team coming out to the liquidator playing, um, everyone buzzing. Chelsea, Chelsea, the fans with their, their banners here. I think they'd be excited just to see their team again, to be watching football, to, to be seeing the champions of Europe. They've missed out on so much, um, to be seeing Thomas Tuchel on the touchline, you know, in his mild manner, giving his instructions, to see the back four so organised again, the likes of Mason, Mount, Jorginho in midfield, and just to see the energy at the top, I think they'd be excited just to be back in this stadium, watching football, seeing blue and, and seeing victories again. So Chelsea could be considered title contenders. But across the capital, rivals Arsenal and Tottenham have work to do before their ambitions reach such heights. There's big pressure at Arsenal this season to have a good season. It's been so up and down over the past two years. I think it's, it's huge pressure for Arteta to get it right and you feel if he doesn't get it right this season, he's going to be in, in trouble with his job. In terms of transfers and, and moving players in and out, it's, it's been a, a big job for Arsenal. It's a huge transfer fee for Ben White, um, but I, I'm so pleased to see Arsenal go all out and, and buy a centre-back. He's slightly smaller in stature, but he's got the ability to cover the ground, change direction. He steps out with the ball really well, which I know would be a huge point for Mikel Arteta. Not being in Europe for Arsenal is almost un unthinkable, but it can also be a positive. Can they focus on the Premier League? Um, it gives them more opportunity to train as a group. It gives Mikel Arteta more opportunity to work with the players. The young players held it together for me last year. Saka is in here. Saka punishes Southampton. I feel Smith-Rowe and Saka are, are already the focal point of Arsenal. I think if Mikel Arteta sat down at the end of last season and wrote a list of things that he really needed to make happen for this season, it would be get Aubameyang into the form that he was the season before. I think that's, that's the biggest thing that maybe he can do. They've got good talented players, they've got a coach who, who, who wants to play a certain style of football that is probably well suited to the Premier League and, and can be attractive and, and can be creative. I think a successful season for Arsenal hinges on the consistency of the performances. Well, Tottenham certainly took their time appointing a manager. Um, I think Nuno can be a good fit. If you look at Wolves and, and how they you know, escalated in the Premier League to be a really good team, it was high tempo, high energy football, a lot of pressing. I think the fitness level of the players is, is really going to have to, to go up a little bit. And I think most Tottenham fans are going to look at that and welcome it. We are aware that there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's a hard work because to improve our squads, the quality that we have, the talent that we have, it's not easy. And we have to find the right, the right players that can join us and help us. Spurs are in a, a big transition for me. Um, new manager really does highlight that, but it takes time for a manager to implement that style. And I think you do it stage by stage, bit by bit. If Harry Kane leaves, it's a big void to fill. You have to say that. I know there might be money um, dipping into the transfer market to replace a player like Harry Kane is, is very, very difficult. Almost impossible because you know, the combination of assists and goals is, is very rare. And also his relationship with other players in the team, Son especially, you know, that type of partnership they have is, is possibly the best strike partnership in Europe combined. Um, so the attacking side of Tottenham is so strong. So Tottenham with Harry Kane, whether he's happy or not, I think eventually he'll get on the pitch and he'll do what he loves doing, which is scoring goals and, and creating goals. I think a success for Tottenham, certainly if, if you look at it maybe a, a tiny bit conservatively, would, would be to finish in the top six. Champions League is a squad capable of, of that. We'll have to wait and see. It's interesting that North London football is probably at a similar stage in both clubs, Tottenham and Arsenal. Both clubs, from, from where we know they can be or where they have been in recent seasons, to be in this position now, it's very, very similar. Um, I think it's going to be so important that they don't step backwards and which club does better and which club progresses quicker and, and more this season. I think it's a real battle between the two. I mean, Arteta, I think the jury is still out. If he's a really good, promising manager coming through, still a learning process because he's still so young and experienced, but there's something there, or if actually he's not, there's a lot of work to do at Arsenal. 
Yes, and I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how that uh, pans out. I think in the past, there was a sense that he hasn't really got the tools to do the job yeah. properly. You wonder with all the teams ahead of them, what is a realistic finish? Yeah. Is it six or Top seven? Six? Yeah. And is that enough? Staying in North London, it's another big year for, for Spurs. And you know, I suppose the Saunders who was not first choice, arrived there almost by default, let's be honest here. Yeah? Big transition year, transition season again, especially with everything happening around Harry Kane. What, what, how do you see this, this one for Spurs? Yeah, I mean, I think Spurs fans are a little bit anxious. The big Harry Kane question is, yeah. is, is, I think, paralyzing everything because unless you know how that's going to plan out, it's very difficult, yeah, I think, is. for the teammates. It's very difficult for the club to know are we looking for his replacement or is he sticking with us? If he is, what kind of mindset will he be in? Yeah, and for Nuno as well because it's you play very tricky at the moment. Here's a question for you. Are Chelsea ready for the oh. Premier League? Are Chelsea ready to win the Premier League in their first full season under Thomas Tuchel? I still think they need something up front to be able to be proper title contenders, to be there from start to finish with City, with maybe Liverpool or United and go all the way and win it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Patrick Vieira, Crystal Palace. I'm very interested in his appointment. What, what, do you, what do you make of that? He's had some really good moments at Nice before where the team played well. There was a lot of young players that clearly he improved. And then there's other games where you could not see anything. And you were like, OK, where are they going? What is he trying to do? So I think he's still trying to figure out where to go and how to get there the best. But this is a big job. It's a big job because Palace are in transition completely. A lot of players have left. And yet he will have to hit the ground running straight away. I think we're looking forward to a new chapter. And um, I'm really proud and happy to be part of it. I believe in this football club, have everything to challenge some of the best football club around and to give the players what he need to develop himself. West Ham, great season last year, but the pressure is on now, isn't it? They raised expectations because they did so well last year. Mm. They came so close to finishing top four. They did better, I think, than almost yeah. anyone expected. They played some really good football. Right until the end, they were in the mix. They have, collectively, they have the system. They have the right setup. Yeah, mindset. Yeah. Everything is there. You're just thinking the individual quality. Where is that going to come from? And I think it'll, it'll be hard to improve on what they did last year. Some of the new promoted side, of course, would be there. Well, this one, Watford, is not really a new team, is it? Because, what, just a year ago, they were going down. They came back straight up, which is not easy to do. And I think they deserve some credit for getting out of the championship the way they did. Cisco Munoz, I think, is, is up against it. Yeah. It's going to be hard. I mean, they always buy interesting players. If they can start well, and that doesn't guarantee you staying up at the end of the season, but certainly that will bring momentum to him, confidence to the manager, to that squad. For me, those first, let's say, two months of the season will be so key for Watford. Yeah. Another promoted side is Brentford. And this time is a new one because they've never played in the Premier League before. It's... Um, it's a great project, it's a, it's a great club, very well run, very differently run than pretty much every other Premier League club. They've always found a way to, to sell well and to buy well yeah. and that's what's really taken them all the way up to yeah. the Premier League. I think they're still very realistic about their chances, I still think they see themselves as one of the six or seven teams who will fight against relegation. Yeah, yeah. But if it's six or seven teams, that gives them a 50-50 chance. 
I think we are not only a bee, we are a bumblebee. We are not designed to fly. But anyway, we are flying, and we are actually flying directly into the Premier League. And uh, we are really looking forward to, to, to keep flying. We will do our very best to attack and have a positive-minded approach um, throughout, throughout the campaign. That is, that is the approach from, from the start. It's the best league in the world, uh, no, no doubt about that. It's the best managers, almost all of them are, are in Premier League. So it's a tough challenge. I'm really looking forward to it. Final promoted side is Norwich, who again a bit like Watford have done the yo-yo in the last three years. Can we expect them to stay this time? They will be in the mix yeah. for going down yeah. for sure. I don't think it would be the biggest surprise in the world if they were to go down. I don't think as a club they are necessarily um, naive enough to think that yes we will definitely stay up and if we go down it's a catastrophe because we have all these big players that we brought in on huge wages. I think they're very, very clever yeah, they're well run. and very realistic about their their chances. Mm. I think they will they will understand what's going on. I think they'll try to enjoy it and I think they'll try to do it in the way that, that they always do it. Soaring back into the Premier League at the first time of asking, Norwich City are ready to make a long-lasting impression. Daniel Farker's side have emerged from the Championship as title winners again but he believes his team are equipped to cope with the jump in quality after exiting the top flight with only five victories all season in 2020. We went uh, into the last Premier League season with exactly one field player who had uh, Premier League experience and uh, let's be honest, it's the best league in the world, it was never enough. Meanwhile, we are two years uh, further on and we got the feeling so we are much better prepared as a, as a club, as a group of players. Amongst Norwich's flurry of summer arrivals, Billy Gilmore has joined on loan from Chelsea, while Kosovan international Milot Rashica will be tasked with replicating the creativity previously offered by Emi Buendia, who's departed for Aston Villa. I'm very excited. It's a, I think it's a great club, great opportunity for me to show my, my quality in the best league, I think, in the world. So I'm very excited and I just can't wait to start it. I think the city lives for the football club, so I'm ready to give everything. Meanwhile, Angus Gunn is back at Carrow Road. The goalkeeper is the son of Norwich legend Brian and wants to establish his own legacy. I think just for me, at, at the stage of my career I was in, um, I just wanted a place where I felt comfortable and, you know, really sort of wanted. Um, and obviously I know the manager here quite well from my previous spell, so um, you know, I had good, good conversations with, with him and... Um, like my family and everyone, and yeah, I just thought it was, it was the perfect fit for me. With that critical blend of experience and talented youth now in place, Norwich feel ready to test the true extent of their limits. I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how the team does um, and being a part of that and, and obviously um, keeping us in the league. So I think that's everyone around here, you know, you can see no, no one's too feeling too on top of the world by just being here. I think people want to stay here and create that, you know, establishment in the Premier League. You see it with a lot of teams now who's, who's come up from the Championship. They, you know, they, they exceed expectations and, you know, have amazing seasons. The likes of Leeds and uh, Sheffield United in their first year. So I think, you know, anything's really possible um, for us, really. Um, so, you know, obviously the main objective is always there, but, um, you know, there's, there's no harm in sort of looking further ahead as well. It's still a big challenge and we're still one of the underdogs in this league, but we got the feeling, so we've got uh, right now, we don't need a miracle, we just need unbelievable hard work and we're in a good place. Yeah, we want to be successful always, uh, also on the top level. Still to come, a fresh era at Molyneux, Wolves under new management and have a welcome returnee. After a season watching their dreams of progress ebb away, both South Coast sides hope to master the conditions better. Brighton and Hove Albion did show solidity at the back, 12 clean sheets last term. So impressive that defender Ben White was snapped up by Arsenal. The Seagulls have consistently struggled in attack, possession and chances wasted by the lack of cutting edge. Graham Potter needs added firepower if Brighton are to improve on last season's 16th place. 
the Premier League so competitive and you see this year there's good teams coming up um, teams will strengthen so to, to improve how you're playing and to improve that in regards to the points you get is the, is the biggest challenge so that's what we want to try and do we'll, we'll every day try to improve the players individually but as a team we have to try to improve the points we get I think we need to improve results wise and we need to make sure games where we're on top for long periods of the game is just closing games out and making sure we we win the games not um, draw or lose them and yeah that's going to be our biggest place for me I see that we need to improve on is converting good performances into, into wins which is obviously harder we're in the Premier League so it's hard but we've got to do the best we can the start of the new campaign is arguably not as hard as it could be. Potter's men face Burnley and two of the three promoted sides in their first four matches. And with cash available from White's sale, Brighton have brought in Enoch Mwepu for a club record fee in the search for more goals. Yeah, yeah, and I think Enoch Mwepu, who was really good at Salzburg, is a good signing for them and they, they've been very, very clever with the signings that they've made. Where is the number nine who's going to score you those 15 goals though? If, if, if you believe that you already have that in your squad and it's one of the boys from last season that will find form and get on a, on a scoring streak, and no problem. But for me, I see the same issue. I think they will create and I'm not sure who's going to score the goals. Southampton have a somewhat different problem to resolve. The team that had been top of the league in November collapsed in 2021. Saints managed only five victories after the turn of the year. And in successive seasons, Southampton have been hit for nine. Roman Perot has come in to bolster a defence that conceded the second most goals in the league last term. But their offence has been weakened by the departure of Danny Ings to Aston Villa. I think it's really hard when you have to work so much in order to get results. You know every every game that the only way you're going to get results is to work harder than your position. On the whole, I don't see that much quality. And I think if you have to rely on your work rate and your, on your collective movement, it's hard. It's really hard. And I, I just think they've lost a lot of sort of substance as far as the individual players is concerned. The transfer window is still open and fans of both clubs will be hoping that new recruits can help turn the tide for these two South Coast sides. For success stories this century, you needn't look further than Leicester City. 2021 FA Cup winners. While in the Premier League, the Foxes ran with the best of them. Leicester were in the top four of the Premier League from week one. But just when mixing with Europe's elite looked possible, they were pipped at the post again. Gareth Bale firmly burst the Leicester bubble. No Champions League football for Leicester City. It was a narrative that felt terribly familiar. But Brendan Rodgers' blueprint for the new campaign has already encountered a problem. Wesley Fofana fractured his leg in a pre-season friendly, so defensive plans may need to be revisited in August. They're well stocked for forwards, though with his 35th birthday only five months away, Jamie Vardy has moved into the autumn of his career. Kelechi Iheanacho sparkled over a sustained period of time last season, and much is expected from Patson Dacca. Leicester paid Red Bull Salzburg around £23 million for the Zambian forward, adding yet more pace and creativity to Leicester's front line. I really hope they find the right formula with the new players, the old players, to, to make it a really great season. Yeah, I think it's been unfair that we talk about the big six and don't include Leicester in that, yeah. because in a way it's more of a big five now with Leicester in it. Yes, they don't quite have the same... Um, Arsenal and Spurs are behind Leicester in the other four. Yeah, I mean Leicester don't have the same footprint as yeah. it were in terms of traditional uh, results and fan base, etc. And, and Leicester is a smaller city than London, mm. and all these factors. But as a force, they've been much more consistent. 
There's been a running transfer topic at Aston Villa for much of the close season, and the outcome won't have surprised too many fans. Their captain Jack Grealish has left for Manchester City, but bright times still lie ahead. Danny Ings' arrival from Southampton caught many by surprise. His knack of scoring goals on a regular basis will be a huge asset to Dean Smith's side. Also through the Villa Park gates, Leon Bailey, a gifted winger from Bayer Leverkusen. Ashley Young returns a decade after his departure. And Emmy Buendia will surely help to fill the creative void left by Grealish's departure. What kind of Aston Villa are we going to see? Are they established already enough to be a top 10 team? And you know that they're going to be lower than 12, for example, that fighting against relegation is not for them anymore. They've gone a long way since that, saving themselves on the last day of the season before last. And what they showed last year was very promising. Chiori can run around Gabriel here and set it for Watkins who scores. This guy is shining right now. They've been very smart in the transfer window. It's clear that the management is, is very good there, that they understand how to maximise their resources. But they're up against so many bigger sides in, in those areas, in the, in the last third or even below uh, of the table. It's going to be hard, I think, to make too much of an inroad into that. They're ready to go at Wolves and have a manager coming into the Premier League for the first time. Bruno Large has replaced Nuno Espirito Santo at Molyneux, maintaining the club's preference for a Portuguese feel. For years they did they did very well, so that's why I come I come to continue the, this kind of work, and the, the, my feeling is we need to to continue to see first of all to see the, the, the guys who have the ambition to continue to bring to the club, the guys to, who have the ambition to to go forward, and uh, and in the last month I, I see these kind of things a lot. So now it's time to, to work, not think in the past, not thinking too much in the future, but what I can do now today to, to, to work hard and to, to bring success for our team. Uh, it's like you playing, the, 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 like I, when I was in Bifica, we played the Champions League, and now here you play, you play the champion, Champions League every week. So. It's massive competition and a good challenge for, for us. I think it, it, it is the, after Benfica is the, the right challenge for, for my career. I don't think it should be seen just as um, pandering to the Portuguese community at, at Wolves, uh, getting Bruno Lage in, because I think he's a great coach on his own merits. We're expecting attacking football from Bruno Lach, and it's something that he's, he's, he's talked about a lot since he's, he's arrived in the country. But, but um, those who've seen him coaching Benfica before won't, won't be surprised by that at all. Tactically, he has an idea how he wants to play the game, um, but he, he makes his players feel confident as well. He's someone who's not coming into the English game cold, of course, because he worked um, with Carlos Carvajal uh, at Sheffield Wednesday and Swansea. He's someone who speaks excellent English, who knows English culture, who knows English football. And to, to meet a group of players that he will be strongly aware of, I think it is a really great opportunity for him. Bruno Lage's footballing philosophy is front foot, never let up. So it's going to be very, very exciting for Wolves fans. If you see that they were that we were still um, in playing the championship like five years, not even five years ago, and then now, uh, in the meantime, we've played Europa League quarterfinal. I think that's a massive achievement um, for this club. It's up to us to create a new, to write maybe a new journey and to write um, history, hopefully again with this club. Um, and I think we will try and do everything um, to achieve that. There are new members of the pack, Portugal goalkeeper José Sá, Colombian defender Yerson Mosquera, and loan signing Francisco Trincao, who's coming from Barcelona. Oh, I think I'm just an, another one to, to help the team, another player, so I'm here to help, to, to do my job, to work hard every, every game, every train, to do my best and, and to, to help the team. 
my biggest opponent is me. I have to do better every day, and that's it. I'll, I'll compete with me first to, to try to be the better version of myself, and then I'll do my best. We have a great, great team with 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 a lot of talent and young players, the old players too, they have uh, a lot of experience. So we have a really good team and I'm really excited to, to play with them. But the most glorious sight of all at Wolves is the return of Rao Jimenez. He's fully fit after fracturing his skull last season. If Rao Jimenez is old Rao Jimenez, it makes a massive difference to Wolves and their ambitions. I don't think it's off the table if um, stuff clicks and if he's scoring goals that they can push towards that top six. Maybe some people in the Premier League have forgotten just how good Bernal Jimenez is. If he gets the chances, and I feel pretty confident he will get the chances in, in, in this team. Um, they're going to stretch the play. They like to get the ball in a lot from wide positions between Malaysia's team. So um, I think that is going to give Bernal Jimenez the opportunity to to score a lot of goals if he's feeling himself again. Rafi, we talked about all the Premier League clubs, 20 of them for this season coming. A lot to be excited for, whether it's for the title or the top four or the top six or the top eight, the bottom three or even the bottom six. A lot of clubs can go down, a lot of clubs can, can qualify for, for Europe as well. Everybody should be ready to go and excited. Yeah, and I think that is really the... Uh the most important thing that after last season which was a hard one I think for everyone concerned you get the sense that football will be back they'll be back in the stadiums yeah. with the crowds they'll be back I think also in terms of the title race a lot of teams really struggled they played below their own expectations below their own possibilities I think if everyone comes back and raises each other's game we will see one of the best Premier League seasons ever yeah, in a year when a lot of the big leagues really struggle. I think this could be the year where the Premier League really kind of pushes on and sort of cements that position that it has as the most exciting league in the world. So our big two predict great things for this campaign and while it's wonderful to see clubs return to the Premier League, the reappearance of the fans merits yet more celebration. The lifeblood of the game, the 12th man, the crowd that creates football's unique atmosphere full stands, rousing anthems and passionate reaction to exhilarating action. This league is jam-packed with talented players, rich in tradition and stocked with superstars. But the soundtrack of the game belongs to the supporters. From Chris Wise, me, Izzy Clark and the rest of the preview team, goodbye for now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.